and welcome to another episode of the Miles Offside Podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of nonsense. My name is Oscar Puente, also known as Footy from Afar, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Quiz Wizard Chuck Bailey and Super Producer Ian Stimson. Ian, I just saw that uh, in a tweet, you're not going to be returning to Barcelona next year. Is that is that accurate, or what's what's going on there? Uh huh. Is this the Jazz Lounge edition? What's what's going on here? Well, the good Dr. Emily is like literally still asleep. Like she hasn't gotten up for work yet. So I'm just trying to keep the volume down for at least the first like little bit of the podcast. She needs to get up. It's late. She's, she's late. <laughs> now she, I mean, she works from home on Friday, so she sleeps till like fucking 10 minutes before. Like it's time to log on for work. You know what I mean? So like she'll be asleep for a little while. I don't know if you guys can hear the, the white noise machine in the background. She sleeps with a white noise machine on. So like. Right. So you're going to be talking like this throughout. Great. For at least the next 15 minutes, yeah. But look, if I get really quiet, you can actually hear the white noise machine. Like if down the hallway, watch out. This, is, this is not good. This is not good content. <laughs> yeah. On an audio medium, you're going, listen to this white noise. <laughs> no, listen, listen, listen. It's right there. Whoosh. Whoosh. Okay. Whoosh. Can you hear it? You can hear it in the background. Yeah, yeah we, because we've got nothing to talk about and it's been such a slow fucking news week in football <laughs> as well. So, yeah. So, Lionel Messi, huh? Lionel Messi, uh... Not staying at Barca. Have you guys been keeping up with all the drama since yesterday? Yeah. So obviously Barca put out a statement. Bit weird that no players have said anything about Messi yet, which um, arouses some suspicions. Uh, He is in contact with PSG. No one cares. And I've seen this morning, apparently he's got a three-year deal offered from the City Group with uh, two years in Manchester and then a placement year in New York. (laughs) He's going on tour. He's going on tour. Why not? Hey, every every great player retires in MLS for at least a season. You know what I mean? Like it's it's the way to go. It's what all the cool it's kids do. It's where the money is. Well, yeah, indeed. At least he's not going straight to Inter Miami. You know, from the go. Um, what do you guys think? You think he's actually going to play for City? If he does, that's lights out, man. Like honestly, let's just watch them crush the entire league. I'm honored at that point. I don't want like I don't see what it achieves him going to PSG. Like apart from obviously money and whatever, but like. I look at that in league league and I'm like, yeah, I don't care. I really don't care. He, he kind of becomes an irrelevance, as mm. it were. Um, I'd much rather see him in the Premier League. That would be amazing. That would just be incredible. Even if it effectively kills competitiveness in the league. I mean, I saw. I agree. To be honest, I, I just want to see him. So, like, look, man, when when Lionel Messi's in town, you you bend over and exactly. you open up and like, <laughs> dude can go to town. Like, let's go. You know what I mean? Like, honestly, it, it would put the title race probably out of reach for Chelsea, as despite all my talk in the previous episode during the preview episode. But um, <laughs> I mean, Lionel Messi in the Premier League would be sick. Like, I, I'm the one that was like all for the Super League because like I just want to see the best players playing every weekend. So, you know, I'm not gonna then turn around and be like, no, not Lionel Messi at my rivals. Like, bro, I get to watch Messi. It's fucking awesome. I'll remember that when he buries three past <laughs> Chelsea. And to be fair, no, I'd be I'd be happy if he tore apart Palace. I'd just be like, yeah, this is nice. People would be there just like all wearing. I mean, we're wearing red and blue anyway. Maybe he gets confused. Maybe he scores an own goal. Who knows? <laughs> Sets up Benteke. Yeah. That Messi-Benteke link up. Do you think Lionel Messi knows that Christian Benteke exists? Like, do you think he's aware of that human being? Uh, he's fucking colossal. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he like Messi doesn't know every footballer in the world surely he like the backup striker at Crystal Palace is not someone on his radar particularly I mean he has a room which has all the shirts he's collected and one of them is who's the guy for West Ham the Argentinian player that's just sitting there like almost in the middle fuck what's his name 
uh, Lanzini. There's a Lanzini shirt like right in the middle of his whole collection. It just looks really weird. So okay. maybe he might know Benteke then. Could do, could do. Did Benteke play at the junior division in Argentina at all? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. He he <laughs> played for the Argentinian youth system mm-hmm. via the DRC on the way to uh, Belgium. Yeah, I was going to say, from Belgium. <laughs> All right. Well, that's enough banter. Uh, if you are joining us for the first time, thank you. We're very happy to have you. Welcome aboard. We are two Americans. Nope. We are one American <laughs> and two Brits. Right. Who, Brilliant. Uh, who, yeah. Mostly try to talk the Premier League, but often uh, often fall off track, get distracted and whatnot. Um, but we're going to we're gonna take this episode a little bit different because it's, uh, it's still the season preview. I haven't had any games yet. Um, so, Ian, why don't you tell the people where, what we're going to be doing today? So this week is our annual FPL special. Uh, despite some of us having a, a checkered past with FPL, it is how we uh, coalesced as a podcast originally. And uh, so, yeah, we're going to do our annual FPL special, run through some questions from our Patreons. Uh, you can get involved on patreon.com slash milesoffsidepod. And uh, yeah, we're just going to do a bit of a, an FPL preview, having done our pr- Premier League preview last week. Yeah, and actually, uh, while we're on the subject of FPL, for any particularly um, studious FPL managers out there, we do have a Patreon tier called the Stats Robot Level, uh, where I have a couple of spreadsheets that I made with my you know nerdy math stuff and my, my predisposition towards uh, formulas. That's pretty useful stuff. We have one called the Player Quality Index, which I'll be using to sort of guide at least my answers for questions today. Um, as far as like, it basically rates like coming into the season, who are the best players to pick up based off of a few different variables other than just sorting by like points or even points per match. Um, and then the other one I have, the one I'm particularly proud of is the XG fixturator where I take some XG data and I use it to calculate, um, both attack scores, defense scores, and overall scores for upcoming fixtures. Um, it's pretty, pretty cool, cool math and I think pretty useful. So the stats robots at the Patreon dot com slash miles offside website website website. website, directly to the address bar look fuck off it's like 7 a.m and i haven't had coffee yet so you're doing well mate you know and at a lower patreon level you can just get me and chuck talking shit about your teams uh on a weekly basis so you know how much do they have to waste for that that one's five dollars and i think for two dollars you can get on a slack and we'll just do it via text stats robot is five dollars no, that's why it's eight dollars. Do you want to? Because most of this, you don't even play FPL anymore. So while me and Ian do a bit of preamble, do you want to go make yourself a coffee? <laughs> <laughs> like it's fine, it's fine. Like you know, I don't mind. We can we can talk through our teams and and do stuff. Uh, so Ian, do you want to talk through a bit about your history as you are reigning FPL champion of the podcast? Blah, 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 oh wow! Whatever. Did that hurt? Um, yeah. FPL-wise, I've been playing for about 12, 13 years now, so 2008, 2009. Before then, it was all sort of dream team and phoning up uh, to get your transfers in. Carry a pigeon. All that carry a pigeon. Yeah, when Ian started FPL, they were actually still getting counting all the points on an abacus. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, genuinely, when I started playing fantasy football, if you had a good week, you would be in the paper. Um, like, very, very small, but you would be in, in, in the paper. A, a terrible paper, but still. Um but yeah, FPL's been a 13-year history now. I had my worst year is the year that my son was born, and I still think that should always, anytime you have a kid, that year should have an asterisk on it and be stricken from the record. Fuck um, you. <laughs> that year. Oh, no, you did well, didn't you? Yeah, my, my, my son's year was a, an 800k finish, and that's my worst blot on my landscape meanwhile chuck's kid was born and he was literally recording a podcast episode the next day and then throughout the first year 
absolutely of, uh, smashed her it. youth. <laughs> yeah, smashed FPL, launched a new podcast, like moved house. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Just fucking. Yeah. Yeah, you know. it makes me feel pretty bad about myself, yeah. Um, yeah, you should. You should. Yeah, yeah. I do, inside. Um, but yeah, generally, I've been, I'm have I'm a relatively good player who has had some bad years recently. I've had a top 10k finish. I've had three other top 50k finishes. And the last three years has not been good. 600k, 140, and 500k. It's been, it's been not, since we've been doing this podcast, I've been fucking rubbish at FPL. Yeah, but even in the few years since we've been doing this podcast, like, the number of overall players in the game has more than doubled. True, but yeah. So, like a 100k finish now is what a 50k finish used to be. You know what I mean? Like just maybe multiply yeah. everything by two. But yeah, that's me. What about you, Chuck? Yeah, probably about the same time. Actually, I remember playing probably in about 2007. I don't know. Must have been when the website launched ish, like about 2006, 2007. Playing then, and then kind of played on and off a bit, and then kind of seriously ish seriously started playing again about what must have been about seven eight years ago now um never particularly been incredibly good but because mostly i just pick players and it's just a bit fun like Mm. i always um uh, less so i think in the last couple of years i think that's why when i when isabel was born i started to do really well because what i did was and because i didn't have time i just picked the best players and just kind of left it and then yeah. just when when a player was bad, I got rid of them for a player like just what was good. Yeah. Um, top tips. Also, there, just pick takes. the best players. That's your advice for the listeners. It's like just just pick the good it, ones. It's you know that's valid. There's huge asterisk on this because like we don't hide behind some sort of FPL underscore animal slogan, and we don't pretend to be experts or whatever. And we aren't going to give you the kind of advice that's going to make your team like our team because everything is, you know, everything is relative and what how you're going to play. But I very much got into the mantra of, oh, I just want it to be fun and I'm going to take chances on players and, and see what happens. And sometimes it pays off. Like I had my two best finishes, not last season, but the season before, which was 200 and 100K. And then this year, even though I got basically the same score, I was just inside the top million. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's that's my credentials. Um, non-existent, really. Uh, but it's fun, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's interesting you say that because like I deliberately make suboptimal plays sometimes because i just want to like i have yeah. tri- i've triple captained in single game weeks the last couple of years because i i knowing that that's not what you should do but i just i just wanted to i just like there was a i don't know liverpool versus norwich or whatever a couple of years ago it was the first game and i was just like yeah salad triple captain let's go just yeah exactly. so you know there is and you've you have got to keep it fun i think otherwise it just can get a bit well, it's, tedious it's, especially because it's like oscar said that when you've got the the total number of players going up by one to two million per year i mean as we record it's on like 2.9 million i expect it to be about five by the time the game launches yeah in the last um, week, and, it'll shoot up. And like three, four seasons ago, the game ended on five. So, you know, with all the different people just playing 3,200 permutations of different teams to leave it to try and get things, that I just think the overall rank thing, I don't, I, for me, it's not really what I aim for. And like where the fun is to be had is in the mini leagues and, and what you do with your mates and can you compete against them and do you set up forfeits or prizes or, yeah. or whatever. And, and that's, where you know because I, I don't really concentrate on it. I don't care if you know I've beaten x amount of people that live in England or in the UK or in the world like because if I've lost to Ian that's it my season's over you know so it's, <laughs> right. yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. that's exactly. that's where you know 
for me, it, it's more about that, and I've never really concentrated on overall rank, as you could tell. Back uh, back when I used to play, I always cared more about my final score than I did about the overall rank. That was just kind of where I was at. I was like, if I break 2,000, that's cool, and that's good enough, or whatever, right? Like, and I was never good at FPL or whatever. I think for me, I started playing in 2011 or 12. I think 2012 might have been my first season. Um, and it was because I was moving where I lived, so I wasn't going to be like walking distance from my soccer pub where I had all my friends and stuff that also watched soccer. Um, so I was like, oh, I got to find something to like do. Uh, and FPL was kind of a natural way to do it. I never liked it because it's not like American um, fantasy. So when drafts started being more popular, that's kind of my speed mm. more so, uh, which you boys are trying to draft out this year. That'll be exciting. We'll talk about that at some point. But um, yeah, I mean, FPL is definitely like an interesting way. I guess I should give a little like two second primer for American listeners who don't know how FPL works. Um, FPL is soccer fantasy, but unlike American sports, people can all, all own the same player. Um, so it's much more like trading stocks. So you have a budget, you buy players at a price, um, you can pick any player. There's no like, you know, they're not locked in because someone else has them. Um, and then the prices of those players goes up and down over the course of the season. You buy them, you sell them, you buy them, you sell them, and then you try to get points that way. Um, which is a really interesting, I think, fantasy sort of set up but i never liked it because their scoring system is too simple it's all goals and assists like yeah it gets a lot of stick but you know there are other games out there that do more complicated things or whatever and there's a reason why this one is the most popular not just because it's official but because it's simple it's easy to grasp Mm. it's a good entryway you know if you want to go off and use other websites i mean we used fan team last year and we all gave up after a few weeks just because it was horrible to use or there are some people that set up like uh there's uh, you, uh, Champions League fantasy or Bundesliga fantasy, which re- uh, rewards different kinds of actions, not just goals and assists, is a bit more comprehensive. But mm. as an entry level game, that, I think that's why it is so popular, and we we go back to it year in year out. Yeah, I think it hits the sweet spot of maintenance in that you can you can just look at it once a week if you want and do your transfer, set your captain, set your team, job done. You know, the, the, you don't have to obsess about it as much as some people do. Um, so in that respect, it hits a nice sweet spot. I think they could make the score more complicated, you know, without without messing with that. You know, they could they could easily make the scoring, uh, you know, weight it a bit more with things for defensive midfielders, for instance, or whatever, who are just completely you don't you just don't pick them in FPL. So that's actually probably a good place to transition. Then, yeah, I, I see on the rundown sheet you have like vague plans for the season and formations and stuff. So I think the first maybe like one thing to say is like defensive midfielders like are they going to factor into your formation or your season are they just like are there any defensive mids that you think are going to be worth picking up like talk a little bit about the different positions and stuff like that i think yeah well with with defensive midfielders specifically unless they're someone i mean not not even really defensive midfielder i guess but someone like Jorginho becomes okay because he's on pens but other than that you wouldn't touch you wouldn't touch anyone like that so it's just it's just a non-position, really. You, for your midfielders, you're always looking for people who are going to get into the final third, going to get into the box. That's the only thing you're interested in. Defenders these days, you're you're looking at fullbacks nearly all the time. You will go for the odd centre back if they um, get themselves up for corners, uh, so as they can score the odd header. But really, you're looking at your Trent Alexander-Arnolds, who likely going to get a lot of assists from getting getting themselves forward and down the flanks. Yeah, and forwards. I mean, they literally only you know only score goals, only score points. Sorry, for goals and assists. There's no extra clean sheet points. There's nothing, nothing extra. So you're just looking for people that get in the box and might occasionally get an assist as well. You know, that's all you're looking for. So, 
So while the scoring is simplistic, it is it is entry level in a couple of ways there, which does make it nice. I just think it's the it's the maintenance of it that that keeps it in that in that sweet spot. So uh, so tell me about this year then. Like, is the prices all came out now? Like the initial preseason prices. I think you guys probably have your teams already going. I know the Patreons do. Like, is this going to be a year to invest in forwards? Is this going to be a year to like go big at the back? Like, what how's thing how are things looking up for this season? What's like your planned formation? Let's say. Uh, so it's it's interesting this year, especially with prices, because it seems like they've all been kind of truncated to the middle. Um, in previous years, you'd have tons of four million uh, defenders, which is obviously the lowest for them. Quite a few four million, uh, 4.5 million midfielders and 4.5 million forwards. But there's a bit less of that this year. And as well, at the top end, there aren't too many super premium players. Um, you've got like... Sterling is 11, KDB is 12, um, Kane is 12, Bruno is 12, and Mo Salah is 12.5. And then I think Mane's up there as well. But then after that, Sun is at 10 and everyone down. So I think a lot of the time where where you're going to spend big this year is kind of in the midfield. And there's a hell of a lot of value to be had in the forward line. Pretty much every permutation of team I've seen uh, doesn't have any premium forwards well I mean there aren't any but yeah. you're looking at Callum Wilson Ollie Watkins Ivan Tony for some people Patrick Bamford um, Calvert-Lewin uh, they're kind of at 8 million so the top end of that Mikhail Antonio um, a bit popular as well Danny Ings now that he's gotten to um, Aston Villa those kind of seem to be most people have two if not three of those and I know I do what about you, Ian? Do you think, uh, are you with Chuck on that? Is it going to be like, spend your money in the midfield, go for budget up front? Or what, what are you looking at this year? What do you think is like a good general strategy, at least pre-season going into the season? Yeah, I think it's 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 been a bit of a gift, really. The fact that, that you know, you at the minute, as it stands, Kane is still a Spurs player. And Christ knows what's going to happen. He's certainly not going to be playing game week one. So you can just ignore him. And then your only other um, premiums as as... Chuck says, uh, uh, not really goers. You've got Vardy, 10.5. That seems a bit excessive when he's going to... That's insane for someone his age. It, well, That's exactly. so much it's his money. age and the fact that he's, gonna, he's going to start dropping off both in minutes and performances. You know, it's written. That's what happens. Uh, for context for American listeners, you get 100 to start. So you're spending over 10% of your budget on Jamie Vardy. Like, yeah, when you've got you've <laughs> got to pick a squad of 15 players. So it's a sizable chunk. You've got uh, a Bamiyang for 10 million. No one's going to touch him after the season he had yeah. previous. So a- Adam might <laughs> probably. <laughs> so you know, it's yeah. You, you that's been a bit of a gift, really, because you you have no choice other than to make a relatively uh, value tastic front line. So then you've got money to spend. You've got money to spend elsewhere. Um, I think this year you can be as flexible as flexible as ever in your formation. I mean, when when we get to our teams, I'll sort of go through what I've done. But I think there are numerous different ways you can pick your formation this year i don't think it's the same stone do you ever actively because it, it's come out more and more in the last few years about oh i'm gonna play three five two i'm gonna play four four two this that and the other do you do you ever consciously think that when you build your team or like what what's the logic for you overall at the start of the year what are you looking for overall from your squad so I always make because I really want to know so I can get better. <laughs> <laughs> so I always start with the assumption that most weeks I'm going to be playing with three defenders. So then you're just looking at three five two or three four three, um, and often that problem gets solved for me by whether I can find one of those absolute basement level players 
uh, price-wise, who will play. Basically, that it was something that um, I think Lego Mane tweeted about um, last year, about where if you take players at, for defenders like the 4 millions and the for midfielders and forwards, the 4.5 millions, if you can find one of those that is playing... There's no reason not to have him in your team because because that's the minimum you can spend on a player. That's essentially free, you know. What so from that point of view, this year there's no 4.5 million forwards you can rely on uh, to start. So whereas there are uh, at least one, maybe more 4.5 midfielders that you can rely on to start. Um, and I'm still I'm still only talking about for your bench basically. So. Because there's like Billy Gilmore, possibly Brownhill for Burnley, um, Basuma. Although I'm not going near Basuma again. <laughs> um, I mean, uh, for Brian, say, say no more. <laughs> that can probably start. Then I would put them in my team, thinking they're going to be my benched attacker the vast majority of weeks. So for me, that puts me then into a three-four-three, and then I look at what else I can do. Most weeks, my bench is going to be two defenders and Billy Gilmore or whoever I choose for my 4.5 midfielder. Yeah, I think I think that's kind of how I do it. I always look to try and get cuz cuz I know I'm I'm probably not going to be starting defenders over my strikers. Most times, so yeah. I'm always looking I'm always going to look to have a forward line of 3 um unless then there's a midfielder that can overtake. So I'm normally without intending to, my teams are naturally set up for 3-4-3 three, three or 3-5-2. Three, um, I've seen, you know, I've seen more this year, exactly like you said about having a low value. Because even though with COVID and rotation and those kind of things, it's probably only one or two weeks per year where you actually need or may end up using your whole bench. And yeah. chances are, unless it's an absolute fluke, you've got bigger problems to worry about than having a 4.0 defender who doesn't play on your bench. True. If all of those are coming off your bench to to fill those spots. Um, so this is kind of the year where I've consciously like, you know, at the minute I've put in a 4.0 defender, uh, Mankio. No idea if he's going to play or not. Mm-hmm. Not really that bothered. He's going to sit on my bench. That could, though, change exactly like you said into a Billy Gilmore. And Billy Gilmore could be there as the person who isn't really going to play because the difference between a 4.0 and a 4.5 is quite big. I mean, you know, this this isn't saying that you should pick them, but it's quite interesting this year that Palace's entire defensive set of players, they are all 4.5, apart from Martin Kelly, who's 4.0. And there are going to be lots of teams like that. Pretty much all the promoted teams are very similar. Um, teams like West Ham have some good value in there, 4.5 defenders. Arsenal have Rob Holding, Ben White in there. I can say Ben White now because he doesn't play for Brighton. Um, <laughs> also, ex-Brighton... Uh... Uh, players are out of the crosshairs they're fine yeah ish um but he does still play for arsenal um but just to just to kind of round off that there's there's interesting enough places that the difference the fi- the 0.5 mil difference in your defense can make a hell of a lot more difference than you know having a, a 0.5 difference in your midfield or, or your mm. forwards for example okay well uh ian you'll be pleased to know i have the i have our pl- player quality index the pqi pulled up right now our spreadsheet and the three best midfielders at 4.5 are Brownhill, Basuma, and Douglas Luiz. They're all about even as the uh, the only really halfway decent uh, midfielders at 4.5. Yeah. Okay. Um, so those are exactly the ones you said. So good job. You you, you intuited the math there. And there's no stats on Gilmore yet. Uh, no, because he didn't really play enough yeah. last year. Like he's going to – his numbers are going to fundamentally change. Yeah. 
And then uh, at defense, you have to get to 20th before you have a defender at 4.5. So, like, even in defense, there's not a lot of value. Huh. Okay. Um, which is pretty intense. Like, usually there's one or two cracking into the top 10 with 4.5 defenders, but there's no one. The first one is down in 20th this year. Uh, but then that real, that real outskirts of your team isn't going to be what you're looking for value for, and they're going to rotate in you know chances are so for example if we go through i mean we can start talking about our teams not that it means much you know there's still a week and a bit of the season um there's still a lot of transfer speculation i for one know at the minute my team is set up that like i'm kind of banking on lukaku ish um because i can i think he's probably if he comes to chelsea he's probably going to come in at about 11.5 i have bamford up front i have 3.5 million in the bank done and then I'd be happy with where my team is at right now. So pinch of salt. Um, but I've got two playing goalkeepers. I've got Guaita and Ariola because Ariola's gone to West Ham. Really decent keeper last year for Fulham. Makes a lot of saves. Um, and also just performed really well on other metrics. We said uh, the post-shot XG differential per 90. He was top last year for Fulham. Um, so, you know, I think that's a good signing for them. And they don't have... Their attack, West Ham's attack especially, you know, I said before about Mikhail Antonio, he is their only striker, the only player that can play striker for them. So, and they, they haven't really bought anyone yet. So that'll be interesting there. My back line is then, uh, I have Trent Alexander-Arnold. Um, like I said before, Javier Manquillo, who's a 4.0. I then have three 4.5 mil defenders, which at the minute is Loughton at Burnley, Tyrek Mitchell at Palace and Luke Ayling at Leeds. Because um, I think he's good value as well for four point five. Then my for mid- sure he's uh, he's crushed my fan tracks a couple of years in a row. Like he's really creative, so he has a high percentage of like high chances of like assists and stuff for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I have Mo Salah. Uh, normally, don't start with uh, Salah or even really pick Salah a lot because he's he generates a lot of chances, but it's quite wasteful as well. Uh, but I've got him in there, and then. The rest of my midfield is Jota, Mount, Buendia and Jack Harrison. Um, so again, a bit of balance there as well as kind of targeting a couple of early fixtures. Um, my front three uh, is Ollie Watkins, Patrick Bamford, as I said, and um, Jeff Pedder's favourite, Ivan Tony. So um, you've gone Bruno-less. I have at the minute just because so I had him in. Oh, Again, all of this is pinch of salt and is, yep, is open to change, you know, of course, but... At the minute, the only reason I took him out was just because of where, obviously, he came back a little bit later. He probably will play, but then, obviously, there was all that news of a bit of a COVID outbreak at Man United, and so just kind of leave it for now, just in case something happens and I can't, I don't get to change my team before, and then he's out, or some other news, whatever. So he can always go back in again, but... Mm. I would like to have another premium, but it's for me, it's also kind of spreading a bit of the money around. Um, yeah, it's interesting though, because even though you've gone Bruno, when you read out your midfield, I was like, cool, that sounds nice. <laughs> I, I did think that's that sounds like a decent midfield, even though you, you were leaving out Bruno. Is that left with, mm. did you say you're leaving money in the bank for Lukaku at some so, point? So I've still got three and a half million in the bank at the minute. So you've not even really spent that money yet then? No, but this is literally, that's what I've played around with today. I was thinking about Kai Havertz. I had Kai Havertz in my team from the start, mm. but I think Oscar will agree that like if Lukaku comes in, you know, he's, he's pushed back. He's not going to play the striker alongside him. And, you know, the 
the Ivan Tony up front is kind of the calculated risk in there. The same Buendia is obviously he's been in the league before, has great fixtures. Um, Aston Villa are investing heavily, um, so he's a bit of a risk, but less so. But I feel that with the rest of the team around, you've also then got to have one of those players or two of those players potentially. Um, I can see the logic as to why you know championship player. He he's gone from League One to Championship to Premier League, like. Is it a step too far? We said on our preview pods about Brentford in general. Is it a step too far for them? Um, but, you know, worst comes to worst, you ditch him for a 4.5, reinvest the money somewhere else or drop to Timu Puki, whatever. Who knows? Wild card out. You know, it's early yeah, days. Well, exactly. Yeah, you've got that wild card to use all the time, haven't you? So, yeah. Um, right. Should we go through mine then? Let's have a quick look at yours and uh, let's um, let's see what's 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 happening. <laughs> so um, so yeah, mine is different. A couple of similarities, but different to yours in that I have gone with Bruno. So that keep that in mind when we sort of go through it. But um, so goalkeepers, I've gone um, Sanchez and uh, Brentford's keeper Raya. Um, that's just a save a save points thing basically it, it, clean sheets aren't the be all and end all when it comes to a goalkeeper um, Sanchez might have picked up an injury so it's one to watch but yeah Sanchez and Raya um, my three main defenders I can see going with for most of the season I've got Ben White Arsenal um, Reese James Chelsea and uh, Trent for Liverpool uh, and the two that will well I say we'll be benched. I, I quite like rotating, so uh, I've got Ailing as well. Like you say, his underlying numbers are brilliant. Um, and uh, Veltman for Brighton as well. Um, so then midfield is uh, Bruno, uh, Salah, who I think, I I just don't think you can avoid going with Salah. Just the, if he, if he bangs, it's going to kill your rank if, if, yeah, I mean, I know you're yeah. not bothered about overall, but it is going to kill you. Um, no, it, well, he's, he's nearly 50% owed. I mean, again... Uh, it'll be more know, than that, that when that it goes. That could change, yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, you're still looking at a lot of auto-picks, I reckon. And, and But yeah, anyway, um, I've got Mason Mount um, and uh, Rafina, who was my one of my only successes last year, was getting him in before he went crazy. He's such a good player to watch. I love him. And he's... I, 6.5 is a great price for him as well. Um, and Billy Gilmore, who will probably be on my bench most weeks, but who knows. And then that's left me with a little a little bit scant on funds for the front three. Um, I've gone Bamford. I keep switching between Bamford and DCL, uh, Calvert-Lewin, to be honest. But I've gone Bam- Bamford for now. Um, Antonio, um, who... I mean, you could move into Ollie Watkins. The, the Ings... The signing of Ings worries me slightly about Watkins. So, and like you say, with West Ham at the minute, he's their only striker, so he's playing every game, isn't he? Until his leg explodes. Well, until he's injured. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I've then I've I've only got six million left, so I've had to go Pookie. Um, I would have loved to have gone Tony, but as it stands, I've gone Pookie. So, um, most weeks probably a three-four-three, but ultimately with Gilmore, Aylin, you know, I think I've got more flexibility formation-wise than I've ever had if I stick with this um I think I can I could play 4-4-2 I could play yeah I, I could play 4-5-1 if, if it fixtures made it necessary um Gilmore's going to get two points most most games let's face it because I don't think Norwich are going to get many clean sheets even so he won't even get many bonus but but he's a player who's 4.5 and will score points so occasionally I could play him if, if, if I was desperate um but yeah 
So, uh, question for you guys then, um, just because I know Chuck has some money to set aside, but like not heavily invested up front. And Ian, you also said you're not particularly heavily invested up front. Lionel Messi comes into the game on Monday, and he comes in at like 13, oh, 13.5. We'll just, we just delete delete this episode. Everything changes. Just delete yeah. it. <laughs> well, Everything changes. Do you blow up your team completely to get him in? I, almost. Like, I, would one, I will 100% say now that if Lionel Messi joins Man City and goes into FPL, he will be in my team and my captain every single week. <laughs> every single week. And then I'll just have a decent vice captain. Yeah, I would fully come out of retirement from FPL. Just to be able to like have a season where I had Lionel Messi in my fantasy team, like, yeah, like, f- why not? And, like, fuck it, like, I don't care if my overall rank is like nine million and like I get zero points all season, but I'm just watching Messi tick in captain points, captain points. Like, I don't see a world, I don't see a world in which he is not by far and away the highest owned player in the game. A hundred percent owned. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent owned. It would be like, so close. Yeah, it, to a hundred percent, you'd get the odd hips to go. No, oh, I'm not going to go with Messi, but they, you know. They would fall by the wayside, I'm sure, because you, you've. I got bet to. Jeff would find some argument as to why not to have Messi. Like that sounds like an extremely Jeff take. Is like actually La Liga, Messi, La Liga tax, Spanish tax, mate. Yeah. Spanish tax, bin man league. Um, uh, no, but de- but definitely, but you know it, that's down the road. I, I don't know if if it will actually happen. I reckon he's probably all uh, yeah. power play. He'll end up back at Barca. But yeah, I, I would 100% do that. Is there a price you wouldn't pay though, Chuck? Because I mean, uh, the the most expensive I can remember... Well, I... Robin's, Robin's too pricey. Oh, mate, I don't. <laughs> 14, right? Van Persie was 14 and you just like refused to sign him all season. Uh-huh. The highest starting price I've ever seen was 14 and Van Persie had it and I'm pretty sure Thierry Henry had it. Oh, I'm really? pretty sure at one point Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, I think Ronaldo it. might have done. Oh, they got to give Messi 14.5 then just to piss off Ronaldo to know he wasn't the most expensive refuel. Like if he somehow <laughs> yeah, finds out that good. fact 10 years from now, like... I'm sure out of everything, that's what will break the man. <laughs> hey, every little thing with him versus Messi, I guarantee just like digs at him to his core. So just one more thing on top of the list would be great. Just fantastic. I'm just wondering if there is a price there that we wouldn't pay for him. That's All right, let's say he comes in at 20. Ian, uh, at 20, are you still getting him yeah, in your team? No, no, because he's not going to score. Yeah, he's not going to score uh, the points. That, yeah. that's, that's when you look at it as math. So Mo Salah, if you're looking at Mo Salah, who's the most expensive player in the game, you're probably going to get about 250 points from him, let's say, because he's done like 300, 260, 230, 240, something like that. Yeah. Math- mathematically speaking, you know, Messi, Messi would need to put up a 400-point season minimum to... Okay. And to get it's Lionel like, Messi playing in Manchester City. Like that's no, but but it's in the cards. The goals would be saying. so spread around in that t- team. He would need seventy. Would it, ta- or would they all end up no, being at Messi's feet? He needs seven, like seventy goal involvements to get that. He needs forty goals and thirty assists, and then all the bonus Chuck, points. It's literally Lionel Messi. It like is. he could get seventy goal involvement. He won't play every game, I don't think. That's why I like the captaincy thing. If you play him in captain, why are we talking about hypotheticals? Yeah, it's no, not it's real just, thing. It's just interesting. I don't know because it's fun because it's the old. Let's go it. back. Let's right. go back to the dullness of it. So, Ian, you spoke earlier about um, Calvert Lewin uh, yes. and having Calvert Lewin in a team, and that actually links quite nicely with a question we've got from Patreon Andy Pempreys of Sutton Parish, um, and he's asking about what you think of Benitez's effect on Everton would be, and is it worth targeting? their keeper slash defense i assume that means getting them in yeah um k 
can we expect the 1-0 wins with DCL nine pointers to carry on? Obviously, Ancelotti going and a bit of uncertainty at the club. James Rodriguez might be going. Um, they've bought Andros Townsend and Damari Gray. Not the bet, well, not bought Andros Townsend, but got Andros Townsend. So, not exactly the glamorous big money Everton signings we've been seeing over the last few years. So, with Benitez coming in, do you think that how do you think that affects him? I think, well, with DCL specifically, I don't think much changes about the way Everton play when it comes to DCL. He just hangs around the penalty spot, six yard box anyway. Um, whether it whether play goes through the middle or it gets it gets down the wings and then onto his head, I think he'll, he'll be there to score goals. The thing that makes me want him at the start of the season as well is that Richarlison's not around um, for yep. uh, because he's been playing at the Olympics, so he's he's going to be a few games before he comes anyway. So so DCL's going to be the main man. Um, when it comes to the keeper in the defence, I just don't think there's any need. Like they're not. I don't think any Everton player defenders are going to blow it up in the first few weeks. So I think you can just sit back and wait on that one. If there is one that you're going to pick up right away, who are you looking at? For me, just looking at the list. Obviously, I don't play FPL anymore, but I do like run our spreadsheets and like look at numbers and stuff. Luca Dean is Dinier yeah. is the one yeah. that like jumps out. It it makes sense because when the last time when Rafa was at Newcastle and he had like fucking Matt Ritchie as a wing back, I think in a in a back five or back three, however you want to fucking call it nowadays. I don't know how works um he was like by far and away one of the most creative players in the league for the, for that position at that time um so that's kind of why people are wondering well if Luca Dini is there does that then transfer because he's creative anyway the only thing I would say is from memory and this is anecdotal is I always remember DCL suffering a bit when Richarlison wasn't there simply because oh, Richarlison okay. generates the space and right. gave then the, the freedom so that DCL could be one on one in the box. You know, he he was he was sticking between the posts all the times, just hitting that channel constantly. That's why he got so many goals early. But that's why I seem to remember being the case. Um Andros Townsend though does play a ridiculous amount of crosses. Um he also cuts inside and either scores a worldie or plays a very timid bug cutter across the grass straight into the goalkeeper's hand. So enjoy that, Everton fans. Um so it, it, caveats, but you you mentioned as well about wait and see, like who, which teams, players are you really uh, are firmly in your wait and see, like you're not interested in touching them at the minute? Um, That's a good question. Um, Thanks. I think this is going to sound ridiculous because you maybe would say don't touch them anyway, but um, Newcastle, I think Newcastle have got a fair bit of attacking talent in the squad. Um, it's not always utilised very well under Steve Bruce, but I think... Um, doesn't do tactics. It doesn't do tactics, no. Um, but I think you sh- you could definitely wait and see with some of the some of their attackers. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Leicester is, uh, I think, another wait and see. I I like Leicester, but I haven't even considered any of their players other than Fafana, who's now uh, broken his leg by the looks. Yeah, of it. That, awful that was a horrible challenge. leg break. Um, in a so, fucking pre-season game, yeah, just just ridiculous. But yeah, so so Leicester are someone that I think you can just wait and see on on all the players. And I think there's ample chance that Vardy or Iheanacho or Daka or um, 
Madison, if he stays, I don't know, you know, could could come out, but there's just there's just no reason to lump on straight away, in my opinion. What about the bigger clubs? Are you uh, are either of you taking a wait and see approach to like, for example, City and Chelsea, both of whom are going to rotate like crazy this year, or um, City wise, I haven't got anyone, and I'm, I yeah, that's a good point actually. I think I probably would consider them a wait and see. I just want to see how it works with. Gundogan, Grealish, Foden, Sterling. Mm. You know, I just want to see who's Messi and Kane pref- up front. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> I just want to see who's preferred. I think you could maybe you can be uh, you could go for a defender. I suppose I wouldn't have any problem going for Cancelo. I did do a couple of drafts with him in, but then it was I, I found that I was making Cancelo my premium defender, and I thought I could do better with Trent or whatever. So it was. Um, yeah, I, I think, but you could go, I could go Stones instead of James, I suppose, um, but I, I haven't, so I don't, I, I'm I don't putting so. Man City in the, in, in the wait and see category, I suppose, that's a good shout. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's there's something to be said with so many of their players coming back late, that yeah. like a Cancelo, uh, a Mares that have played through pre-season, not done too much international football, like now would be the time to take a maybe a less of a risk on what's known as pep roulette. Um, I did have Grealish in my team until this morning. Um, I don't, again, don't know what the move to City does for him. I'd I'd like to think you don't spend a hundred million pounds on a player's release clause to then have them ride the bench so much. Um, And he has been training with Villa at the minute, whereas I'm not sure with on City. players like Foden because they've had a knock or Sterling, what, what his situation is. So yeah, it's it, it's an interesting one. But yeah, it's quite funny that at the minute neither of us have the two player any players from the team that we think is going to be the best in the league. Yeah, so yeah, true. Probably fix, but it that. makes sense. Like uh, other than KDB, I can't think of anyone. Yeah, and I, I mean, I guess it, even in, even in defense, actually, Pep rotates like fucking crazy. Like other than KDB, I don't think there's anyone who's like a season lock. For City, at least Chelsea, there's more going on there. But like his centre backs, by and large, it's rotating between Diaz, Stones, and Laporte. Occasionally, Ake gets a run in there, but not much yeah. in the league anyway. Um, in the cup, a lot of the time they were running like Laporte and Ake, which they can do, and that's not not a bad partnership to have, you know. Um, and Zinchenko's always coming in and out. Like there's a, there's a lot of rotation back. Yeah, there. and playing more advanced, and there's something to be said for Cancelo as well. He doesn't just play um, as a fullback; they often move him up into the midfield. Um, yeah, and not that again, not that formation necessarily means much in a Guardiola system. Speaking of positions, though, Alan St. Maximan moving from a 5.5 midfielder to a 6.5 million forward. Oh, what, what, so what the annoying. Why, why, don't, why don't they want us to have nice things here? I don't know. That, it just makes him, until, until he becomes 15 goals a season, it makes him unpickable. And that's this so is, annoying. But this is what I don't get. It's like the whole winger slash forward thing being midfielders, but then some of them being a forward. Like, how is Alan St. Maximan more of a forward than Mo Salah or Sadio Mane? Yeah. Or it's just a bit weird. Well, certainly Sadio Mane too, especially at like towards the tail end of last year with Firmino really losing a bit of pace. Like, he was dropping deeper, playing almost more of a 10 role, and Mane, Mane was like their main striker tactically. Or Jota starts in, the, in that role either. You know, their front three oftentimes last season was Mane, Jota, Salah. Yeah, um, right. It's. I mean, obviously, it's a bit of a. But even when even when Firmino his... even when Firmino did play, his average position was often behind whoever else mm. he was playing with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's some of the positional decisions they make are, are very annoying because it, it just yeah it just even though this is 
the year, certainly to start with, where mid-price forwards, value forwards, possible, you know, the things you're picking, he's just not an option. And it just takes a player out of the equation. It's so irritating. Yeah. How about, how about this, you know, to throw another question out there from uh, our man Van Dam Sam Danby. Um, he's asked kind of a broad one, which kind of we've touched on a little bit, but we can get down, nail down something here. So Sam's asked, um, who do you think the best fifth defender, fifth mid and third forward is? And who are your season keepers in each position? Pardon me, so we're looking at both spectrums then, both the, the budget and the, the season Yeah, the, the low end and the high end, or what or what you're kind of willing to, to go for. Let's decide first on where is the cutoff for a fourth, a third forward, a fifth mid, and a fourth, fifth defender. Like, is it at 4.5 for defenders? Where do you set the price at for mids, for forwards? Like, what? where would you say the cutoff is for being considered? So I wouldn't have a fifth defender above 4.5 million. Oh, absolutely, and yeah. I wouldn't have a fifth midfielder probably above five. Okay, good. That's what I had done. What about the forwards? That one's a little trickier. There's, I have it set right now, cut off at 6.0, but there's not much in the data set there. Do I go to 6.5 with forwards? Like, What are you guys thinking in terms of like the best way to spend the cheapest forward that you can get? I, th- I think that's a good idea because a lot of people are going with Tony as their third forward, and I think he's 6.5, mm. isn't he? Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's probably the lowest I would go. Uh, I mean, and it probably answers the question for that one, to be honest, because I wouldn't, you know, I have Ivan Tony now, so you know, not not again. We do we do joke about um, what Jeff said uh, about Ivan Tony, and he's not hot on him versus Twitter, and I, and I think there is definitely some truck in that that. He is very. He is getting hyped a lot. I think it's the excitement. It's the new player. It's the new yeah. team. It's the the divergence, like we've said before, of Brentford. Oh, they're going to be amazing, or Brentford are going to get relegated. Like, and so there is definitely some credence to not taking his championship numbers too seriously. The only reason I would say it is still interesting is that if he has a I mean, what did we say last time He in the quiz? He had 41 goal involvements, right? So if that drops by 60%, that's still 16 goal involvements for a promoted team. And as my third forward slot yeah. across a season, like, I'm okay with that. Um, also, you know, like I said, I'm happy to have him in my, again, third slot as a punt. Uh, you know, they're playing Arsenal on a Friday night. You know, we joke about Arsenal, but that's like the perfect fixture for chaos. First game in the Premier League, brand new stadium, fans in for the first time. Like, Brentford going to be up for it big time. And then their second game is against Palace. We don't, no one knows what Palace are going to be yet. Not every player's bedded in at the same, um, at the same rate. They're going to concede, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I, I think they're going to be more attacking and that's naturally going to go into it. But I don't know how Palace line up still. There's been talk of like a five at the back or a four at the back, but not to digress anyway too much. Um, but then, you know, Tony, he's then got uh, Villa, then Brighton, then Wolves. So there's enough to go out there that for at least the first five weeks. And then you can maybe look at a wild card or whatever. That I, I, I just don't think that I would probably go lower personally mm. just because of how i play the game i wouldn't want a, a bin man as my forward you know what i mean like i wouldn't <laughs> yeah. want a 4.5 yeah i agree whatever. with that I don't definitely know not. i think you can't 
I've just looked at 5.5 and lower and there is no one that you'd want. Like if you're going to go to that sort of thing, you might as well go 4.5 and you're obviously, you obviously need the money somewhere, but it's not for me that, I mean, I've, I've gone a touch lower with Pookie in that he's 6 million. Um, and but that was because with the team I've done, I I was literally eking out every point five. Like I I was really struggling, so I went Pookie instead of instead of Tony, which go, goes against everything I believe in. Well, to bring in the PQI perspective here, then um, as the like I don't have a team, but I have numbers. Um, obviously, or not obviously, I should say the data set doesn't have promoted players because there's no data from the championship to like base it off of. So I always wait to put in the promoted players for a couple of weeks at yeah. the beginning of the year. Um, but looking at the players that played in the game last year, there are two that are almost exactly tied for the best 6.5 forward, according to our, you know, PQI. Um, and those are Chuck, you'll love this, Benteke and Rodrigo from Leeds. Um, and then at 6.0, it's Welbeck. It says it's Welbeck at 6.0. Mm. So well, those are kind of the Welbeck ones you're looking got, at. Welbeck got, you know, all right numbers, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to go with a Brighton striker. No, and he's injured. Nah. Um, <laughs> I, I, the Benteke yeah. one is... There is it's fantasy football. It's not about what you feel about these people in real life. He, If Palace play the way I think they're going to play and the way they have in pre-season, even when he hasn't been there, the whole system has been built around the premise of Benteke being a focal point of the attack for then Yazahas, when they're fit, the Elise's, the, the Eze's, whoever, to be running off and running with him. Same Tyrick Mitchell's been looking really advanced as well in those games. It's not going to be every game, but again, this is your third striker so I don't think there's there's too bad with that and Rodrigo there's a lot to be said you know he was more efficient um, I think his xg per 90 was much better than Banford's but he just didn't play as much so if he gets a run in the team and you you know like I have at the minute a Banford I'm quite high on Leeds and positive about Leeds like I would probably not have any problem just ditching him dropping to Rodrigo and seeing what happens elsewhere so I think they're definitely put them in your watch list and, and see what happens um, so uh, when it comes to midfielders, I've obviously already said I am I am perfectly happy having a four point five as long as they play. That's all I require from them, and I was squeezing every point five. So so I've gone proper basement for that. Uh, who's your cheapest midfielder? You had quite a strong midfield, didn't you? My cheapest midfielder at the minute is six, but yeah. that you know that that will probably change. Um, the the problem is is once you get to like you said before, your 4.5s, your, well, your 5.0s, you're looking at um, holding midfielders. You know, you've yeah. got Hoiberg, who was the most, uh, the highest points with 107, who's 5 million. Uh, then you've got Declan Rice, Wilfred Ndidi, Basuma, Dendonka, who very often sits in the defence. Don't know if that will change. You've got Brownhill, Moutinho, unless you go to like a 5.5 where, I mean, by far and away on the scores is Stuart Dallas, yeah. but he's just moved from defence to midfield. So, you can take off about forty points, but he's still by far and away the best option. Yeah, at that price point, I still yeah, I think he's he is a good price still. I just think if you know if you can find the extra million and go Rafina, then that's the way to go. But yeah, that's so that's your sort of bottom of the barrel uh, for someone you'd be happy to play every week because like, you yeah. would be happy to play Dallas every week. I think at five point five, that'd be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah, you're making a decision there whether you're going for a four point five. Uh, Gilmore, Brownhill, or whoever, or up to a five point exactly. five six, yeah, and that's and that's where when it then plays into what we were saying before about the formations. Like, if yeah. you are ever going to play five in midfield, you, if if your actual best player to put in that spot is 
a what's his name uh, a Billy Gilmore yeah, who you exactly. don't yeah, think is right. actually yeah. going to get points then it's probably not a good idea to have him or play that formation for that week yeah, and absolutely. again that probably means your bench is shit um yeah. and, and then you've you know you've got other issues so if you are genuinely looking to play five at the back i'd probably say your cheapest would be a 5.5 yeah i agree midfielder um, maybe even a six in the at 5.5 the pqi just says like it's dallas or bust yeah basically. i agree though that is it it's yeah dallas. yeah absolutely yeah unless you're banking on i mean ruben neves is there and we don't know if he's going to go to uh man united or not or again like like we said before wolves are a big wait and see um going off the pqi just to just to throw some numbers out there for people uh, the three best 4.5s are Brownhill, Basuma, and Douglas Louise, all about tied with each other. We mentioned them earlier, but Brownhill being the slight best out of those. He's had a very good preseason, Brownhill, as well. There you go. So that's definitely one to consider if you're looking for a cheapie at 4.5. You know, the PQI doesn't hate him, at least. Um, and then at 5.0, it actually doesn't have Hoiberg at number one. Um, it has Fernandinho, but obviously rotation is a risk there. So I you thought don't he want retired. To be 5.0 on a guy that might rotate out, like. Genuinely thought he'd retired. Yeah, there you go. Um, but he, it, the, the 5.0 mids are Fernandinho, Hoiberg, and Murphy from Newcastle. Chances are, if Man City bang, you're going to want as many good players as you want. Yeah, you're you not going to want Fernandinho slot. Yeah, absolutely. As your, as your third, so he's irrelevant. Yeah, that's actually a good place to mention that the PQI, like, don't just... We did this last year with the Stats Robots FPL team, and it was a fucking train wreck. Like, don't just go off it. You need to bring in your external knowledge of like, oh, Fernandino's a rotation risk, or there are mm. other players for City that I don't want to pick, even though he's rated relatively highly given his value and stuff. Like, obviously, use your common sense when you're using these numbers. But All like- of these things, wherever you get it from, whether it's us, whether it's people online, when you look at stats, like, it's a tool. It's not a gospel to follow. I mean, having yeah, said exactly. that, there there is some website now where you can literally pay and you will get live updates of certain players when they make transfers, where, so you can also make those transfers and match them, which I don't really see the point of it. And I think that's why, for me, the whole overall rank thing is, is irrelevant because you're not playing against people who are playing, Yeah. Um, especially considering like two people win anything in the whole game and you get like a copy of FIFA that's already yeah, a year fucking old. the prize is absolutely ridiculous considering how many people why is it, why, why is the prize in FPL always last year's FIFA? <laughs> I mean, didn't didn't we really, literally do a contest where we gave away like a FIFA? Yeah, but we gave it, it away like, when it was it was still relevant. Like it's not <laughs> It was a current May. Version, it's not like the end of May you get September's FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> like it's coming out yeah. again in for the the one you've just got you can buy for like 15 quid yeah. like it's not a prize yeah. and some tickets to something or a dinner i don't fucking know yeah, yeah i think you get so, you do get vip tickets to a premier league game but yeah not great so lastly defenders which i think is kind of self-explanatory really aren't we the no one's really looking to play five at the back or no. do you you're always quite vocal on this big big at the back when when do you think it's good well i, I never at the start of the season I just think you can spend your money much better at the start of the season. Defences tend to tighten up as the season goes on. Um, I just I don't ever think it's a good idea at the start of the season. You yeah, you can usually get value elsewhere. You, you, three three defenders that you're going to be playing. You're probably going to be playing a premium, a mid, and then one of your four point fives, and that sounds okay to me. I don't think you need to be going Trent Robbo. Well, people did last year, and Trent didn't fire for about twelve weeks. I can't remember if it was last year or the year before where I literally started with Trent Robbo and Van Dyke as my three in defence, and then they conceded goals in every fucking game, and I was like, "What the hell? This is 
18 million of my budget pointlessly yeah. wasted. Yeah, I mean, you guys aren't wrong. Like, if I'm looking at the PQI and Trent's the eighth best hmm. defender just because his price is so much higher than other people who, like, could potentially do similar stuff. Like, it's not a matter of, like, definitely bringing Trent, definitely bringing Robertson. Robertson's the 10th best. Um, and, there, like, there's plenty of players where if you want to have 1.5 to invest somewhere else or 2.5 in the case of Arnold, like he's 7.5 for a defender. That's insane. Yeah. Um, there's, there's places to go. Like there's definitely, especially at 6.0, like you see Cancelo and there's a lot of other options at 6.0 that are like yeah. premium, premium Chilwell. guys. Yeah. Chile's actually the second highest rated on the PQI. The top three are Stones, Chilwell, Cancelo, and then Cresswell after that. And then it's a bit of a drop. Okay. Um, and again, that takes into account value. So like, that's why they're going to be yeah. Yeah. Um, up there. But still, like, that's a genuine argument. Like, you don't need to be spending 7.5 on Trent Alexander-Arnold. No, not necessarily. I think the, but it's it's his history and the fact that they play Norwich, then Burnley. Yeah. Uh, you know, they've got Chelsea, but then they've got Leeds, Palace, Brentford. Like, it's a tasty This start. is the thing. Whenever, whenever I've done drafts running up to this season, I have been struggling for money to get a front eight that I like, I'm still not 100% sure I'm there yet. So I'm not going to be spending silly money on my defence. Um, also, though, every time I have always found a way to go up from a Cancelo or whatever to Trent because I wanted to. So, I mean, I think um, uh, Sam obviously asked about season keepers as well. I don't believe in season keepers generally. I think I'm always happy to transfer out a big name if I think I've seen something that means there's going to be a drop off. Um, yeah, I'm. I never get super wedded to anyone, but I think Trent's as near as you get to a season keeping defense. But obviously, if he starts like he did last season, you're not going to be interested. Salah's as as near as you get to a season keeper in midfield. Because I, I don't expect Bruno to hit the same numbers. I've got him because I'm scared of not having him. I'll be absolutely honest about it. Yeah, and and but I don't expect him to do the same numbers over the entirety of the season. I don't think it's possible without a rest. Um, and striker, I don't think there is one. I don't think there is a season keeper. If if even if Kane was at Spurs and happy, or at Man City and happy. Oh, see, I would rather get Kane if he goes to City. Well, yeah, yeah. Like, exactly, I think if yeah. he goes to City, he's going to have a lot more productive of a season. I would if City land like a a definitively number one striker, whether that be Kane or Messi or someone surprising and you know that no one saw coming, like. That would be a season keeper for me, a hundred percent. But but then I suppose what I was about to say is then you're just waiting for an injury. But I suppose obviously anyone could get injured, so that yeah. stops them being season keeper status. But um, yeah, I don't think there is one in the forwards, and I think Trent and Salah is near, as close as you get. Yeah, exactly. And you've got you've got to use. This is where you use your your knowledge and and looking round outside as well. And and chances are, like you know, a twelve point five million player, like you're putting a lot you know 12 and a half percent of your entire budget is in that one player and if you've got them in your midfield and you're not looking to potentially captain them like you there's we all say every year that you could just do it but like if Salah if Salah gets what you expect his points to be 230 240 250 and you just captain him every single week yeah you've got 500 points of him that's that's a quarter of oscar's usual target or or whatever you know what i mean like and then my target is not an ambitious target for the record <laughs> no it's not it's really not but it's a, it's a starting point you know that you've got to aim for something you know but it's also trying to extrapolate that logic you know if you think if you genuinely think and stick to your guns and believe that, for example, Ivan Tony is a 20-goal-a-season player, 
right? And so over 38 weeks, you're expecting those 20 goals to happen. So if he gets five goals in the first three games, well, now he's only going to get 15 over the next 35. So it's a bit easier for you then to drop them with a run of form. And it's, it's how you want to use that and play, you know, do you zig when other people zag? When someone's having a bad run of form and everyone drops off, can you look at the underlying numbers and say, oh, actually, they're just a bit unlucky here. Mm. I can get some value and jump ahead that way. Yeah. Yeah. And for um for the non-particularly statistically inclined there, what you would want to do is do uh, their expected goals minus their actual goals. If that's a positive number, then they are underperforming. And if that is a negative number, they are overperforming. And so kind of go from there. We kind of spoke as well. Andy asked another question about premium defenders. So we kind of, you know, answered that a bit. People seem to be favoring Liverpool, but is there merit in going for City and Chelsea? I mean, anytime you can spend 7.5 for a defender on the seventh best defense in the league, like you got to go for that, obviously, right? <laughs> you <best take> it. <laughs> he's just He's just presenting facts. It's a, it's a fair point. And sometimes we go blind and, and we think about these things. You just go get Trent because we know we're... We know what he can do, not necessarily. That's what it is. It's a it's it's a bit it's a punt at seven point five. The FPL prices always have a tail too. Like the Liverpool players are going to be overpriced for a couple of years because they were so good a couple of years ago. Yeah, and the Chelsea players this season are going to be underpriced because like they weren't that good for the first half of last season. The, the Chelsea's FPL t- tallies last season wasn't great, but like those young guys are going to be premium in a couple of years. So like if you can get a, get a Mason Mount for like six, like that's absurd. Or whatever. I don't know how much it costs, but like you use the logic, like we said. So we said in the preview about actual teams, we think Tuchel's going to play simple, congest it all up, get a one, maybe a two nil win, lock it down. That's how they're going to play with COVID. If that's the case, then you know your Chelsea defense and even maybe even Mendy in goal at six point oh. Although that's a bit mm, not sure. Mm, that's a stretch. Uh, that's, yeah, there, that's a, that's there's value much. there, especially if you've got Chilwell and James who are also creating and able to lock it down, you know, try to use everything holistically to see how that team's going to play and where you're going to spend. You know, if if a team is only scoring one, two goals a game, is there much point in having a 10 million striker unless they're the person that's scoring every goal? Um, you know, that then leads into Andy's final question. Fuck me, Andy, you're a bit greedy. Is Callum Wilson being overlooked? Now, 7.5 million... Um, plays for Newcastle, like, yeah, he's going to score 30% of their goals, but 30% of 30 isn't that great. Um, <laughs> do you think he's being overlooked at all? Like, very injury prone? I think he possibly is being overlooked a little bit in that I have not seen a single Twitter draft or anything with him in. And have I not? don't think he's a terrible pick. Like, I think you could you could start with him uh, if you wanted the first three that Newcastle have got is uh, West Ham, Villa, Southampton, a bit up and down, I suppose. But I, I think Newcastle can score against those three teams. I, I think, yeah, I, I don't think it's ridiculous to have him because I don't think Antonio is a much better prospect. I don't think Watkins is a much better prospect. So I think I think he is being overlooked um, a little bit. Does that mean I want to get him? No, I've still got Antonio in my team. But yeah. if if you're packing them with 7.5s, then Antonio Watkins-Wilson, you know, go for it. Well, the, the fun thing about math is that sometimes it leads to like some really unexpected hot takes that like aren't your personal bias. It's just straight up like the numbers being like, you probably didn't notice this. 
Um, and our model actually has Wilson above both Watkins and Antonio. Okay. Um, very, very slightly. Wilson is the fifth best striker when you take into account value and yeah. points per 90 and all that sort of stuff. Uh, according to our model, very, very slightly above Ali Watkins, which is like honestly surprising. I had uh, Watkins, Tony, and Wilson as my front three for ages and didn't touch and was only really playing around with behind that. And then I looked at it, and, and I can't believe I'm about to say this. I thought for an extra 0.5, I would much rather have Bamford. Yeah. <laughs> because he is the number one. He's going to play. Forward. There you go. And the stats back it up. He's going to play. Leeds attack every team. So they, in a way, are fixture proof, especially at the front of the they pitch. They are, yeah. You're your quite midfielders, right. your attackers. They, you know, they'll get four threes, but you don't give a shit if Leeds lose four three if your player gets a goal, two assists whatever and I wouldn't the Danny Ings thing I wouldn't pay I don't value Ings the same as Bamford even in that Villa team you know and and like Oscar said the stats back it up I just think an injury risk player yeah Newcastle we don't really know what's happening on they had a good stretch but also it's Newcastle like it's they 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 haven't had the best time at the minute. They don't know what's going on. Apparently, Steve Bruce is going to get another three years. Callum yeah. Wilson is doing interviews in the Athletic saying how he doesn't know tactics. Um, it's a bit <laughs> weird, but we we said it at the time. They brought in the first team coach. I can't remember where from, and then they improved all of a sudden because he was the one actually running the show. Um, so there's there yeah. is something to be said there, but I just don't think it's yeah there for me. But I just don't think it's a massive risk. Like if you can, if you if you, there's so many other players you can get onto yeah. if it doesn't work out uh, in that seven point five bracket. That as long as as long as you do it before Wilson drops to seven point four, you're laughing because there's so many other options in that mid price forward bracket that I don't mind a punt on Wilson. This might be a useful place to bring in a couple of numbers from the fixture reader. Um, you're talking about Bamford. Leeds actually have the best opening five fixtures for attack. Um, or the fourth best, rather, but the only team outside of like Liverpool and the two Manchester clubs that are pushing 10.0 in terms of the fixture ratings in attack for the first five, which is pretty much your cutoff where you're like, oh, if the next five fixtures are above a 10 uh, in attack, that's probably a good time to be investing in those players. So, yeah, I mean, like just relative to given off, given their XG and their opponents, despite the fact that Leeds have United and Liverpool in their first five fixtures, they still have the fourth best in terms of like likelihood of scoring goals. So this is definitely a good time to start off with some lead players. Their first game last year was against Liverpool and, you know, Liverpool champions and Leeds were, it was 4-3 Liverpool in, but like they just went for it. And if there's a team you don't worry about the COVID of it all, it's the fittest team in the league that are sprinting. Everyone else is trying to buy as many players as possible. Like we haven't spoken about Watford, but, you know, their team in FPL goes over two pages because they have like 30. So I joked, <laughs> I joked the other day about 13 forwards. They have 10 forwards in the game. 10 oh, and 13, 13 midfielders. Like that's God knows what's going to happen there. Meanwhile, Leeds just have 13 treadmills on the sideline. <laughs> like, they didn't buy players. They bought more treadmills. So it's like, yeah, yeah just, just like run, go run more. Oh, running. <laughs> Get fitter. Um, Get fitter. So yeah, so that's, you know, that's, that's good to know if the fixture rate is saying that as well. Um, that's, that's good things, surely. Everything's kind of adding up and pointing to having at least a couple of Leeds players in your team at the start, regardless of whether they are playing Man United. We don't know what how Man United are going to line up as well. And we've said previously, defence is where they've had problems. Well, defence is what takes time to set. 
You know, that's that's the kind of thing. And, you know, just to go way, way back, what we were saying about big at the back, I think as well, the problem with starting big at the back is your most volatile changes are going to happen in expensive forwards, where if they don't come off, because teams don't get clean sheets, people are going to drop those players faster, their prices are probably going to go down quicker. Um, and, and then you're just kind of, you're losing value yeah. when you start. So it's better to build up to that. It's been down the stretch. Once you've got that extra three, four million you've built through your trades and, and all that stuff going on the season, then that's naturally why you go big at the back because you have that to invest not only when the teams are keeping more clean sheets, I think. Yeah, and, the, and this actually kind of naturally leads into the next question uh, on the rundown. Um, Tom asked about cheap goalkeepers. Um, the best goalkeeper at 5.0 is the Leeds goalkeeper, according to our PQI, um, which is crazy, actually, given the fact that Leeds' defense wasn't the best, but he does get, I think, a ton of save points, probably. Um, but yeah, yeah. at 5.0, Meslier for keepers, you know, that that's a literally the number one keeper at below 5.5. And you have to drop down the rankings to like seven more spots. Uh, Messi is the second best keeper according to the PQI. You have to drop all the way down to Fabianski, which is like a huge drop down the list for the next. And he's probably and he's probably not going to play because of Ariola. Oh yeah, true. There you go. Exactly. So that's good bringing in bringing in context, Chuck. Exactly why that matters. Um, and th- at four point five, four point five, you have Guaita, Chuck. So you'll like that one. At four point five, he's the one. Yeah, he had a really bad year last year. Palace were awful. You know, everyone goes on about the defensive solidity under Hodgson. It tapered off hugely over the last two seasons. Like, we didn't have that. So, you know, and he was he, he was incredible the year before last. And so that's what made the season just gone even worse. I think he had the worst save percentage in the league um, and he, because we were just giving up shots everywhere and people were taking them. Like, it was, it was bad times. So... I think the saves were enough to sort of help him FPL wise, though, because it does have him as the best four point five. Like it's just, he's just getting save points left and right. But but there's there seem there's always kind of two main tactics with or three probably. You have your set and forget for your goalkeeper. You have your rotations, and you have your two from the same team. So what do you kind of look at, Ian? I nearly always go for a couple of four point fives, um, and especially in and rotate. Y- yeah, and rotate exactly. Um, and especially in a, a year like this, I've done it once where I've had a 4.5 and a 4.0 from the same team, as you say. And that was when I was absolutely desperate for <laughs> eking out another 0.5. Um, I don't ever like it. Just, I, I know it's so unlikely that you're ever going to need your sub, sub keeper generally, but I just, I just like to have the option that if, if my keeper is playing Man City, I've got someone else I can play. Yeah, you don't like having players that like aren't going to play, right? You want even your dead bench spots. Do you want people I, that are always going to play? Generally, I do, and because I think the you you only ever have to go point five to get that. Usually, yeah, I I don't see that. I I can certainly uh, get on board with starting the season, especially when you've got a wild card, as you said earlier, with a third or or maybe even second bench spot, like non playing, but. If you do that, you've got to be sure that you're doing something proper with the money. And I just don't know if that money is enough to make it worthwhile. Keepers, I've definitely done... I I have definitely done a premium keeper before in the past, but I don't think you get anywhere near enough value out of it. It's funny you say that because literally and like far and away, the best player in FPL, according to the PQI, is a goalkeeper. 
It's Martinez. Like, oh, well, there's Martinez no was, place to invest your money. Yeah, Martinez was a, a stats busting goalkeeper, like, uh, because he's he was four point five and he did, did absolutely brilliantly last season. Um, yeah, I don't expect him to do quite as well this season. I don't expect but that's anyone to modified. Match it. Based on this year's price as well, isn't it, Oscar? Like it takes into account. It is modified for this year's price, last year's points, this year's price, and keepers consistently are a good place to put money. Um, like they always crack into the top ten, top fifteen. There's like multiple keepers in there just because they get so many points for their cost. Like, yeah, the problem with goalkeepers is that you've only got one of them, and you've got to pick. The, you've got to end up picking the right one. Whereas with other positions, you've got five stabs at it. You know, at getting those big totals and it's and it's taking up an attacking spot potentially yeah you know that's why that's why the premium ones are weird because you've got like edison at 6.0 who edison will probably get 19 clean sheets again 20 clean sheets maybe a couple of assists maybe he'll get on (laughs) penalties somehow who knows he'll get bonus point saves whatever not a huge amount but the trade-off there is then you can't have, when City go big, you can't have the three of their attacking players to mitigate for roulette. So it's exactly the same with Edouard Mendy, you know, although having said that, you know, if if Chelsea are going to play a lot more defensive, but he's also not a great shot stopper. So when, uh, relatively. Yeah, I never thought it was a good idea to invest in keepers from big teams because like... Mm. Unless they get the clean sheet, they don't have much going on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I was always a fan of getting like mid-table or even promoted keepers who are going to get save points even if they're not getting clean sheets. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. So you're talking about rotations, right? Are there any – I know sometimes people do like home and away rotations with different teams. Is there anyone that like stands out this year as far as like – you know, people would do like – um. what was a home – I think Sunderland and Newcastle were always a home and away rotation back in the day. Yeah. I, I must admit, I – I haven't even looked at that. Um, I've got uh, Brentford and Brighton's keepers, um, and it just looks like for the first five fixtures at least, I'll be able to play. I'll be able to play them against Burnley, Watford, uh, Villa, Brentford, Wolves. That seems okay to me. I mean, I could probably look into that yeah, deeper, nice. but I, 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 I honestly don't. I honestly don't think it's worth overthinking that just pick a couple of 4.5s when you're looking at those kind of things and rotations and you're planning and people go like oh this is what you get for the first 12 game weeks like you'll have wild card there's no point planning that far ahead i know it's goalkeeper so you're not necessarily gonna do anything but it's like you know at the minute martinez is 5.5 and he's 40 percent owned in the game is he really that's that's huge so like if Villa go big in attack and fair enough start winning games like 2-1, 3-1, whatever, like you're going to want their attack. You're not going to want the 5.5 goalkeeper who's getting two points, maybe three for 5.5 when there's other teams that you can get goalkeepers for 4.5 that will probably get two, three. Mm. So it's it's all about the whole balance of it. But, you know, yeah, he's the best goalkeeper, but if he's going to stop you from having... Buendia, Leon Bailey, if he if he if he kicks on and, and starts off really well, and Ollie Watkins, or if you're inclined Danny Ings, or if he plays El Ghazi or Bertrand Traore, or this wealth of talent Aston Villa have at that level, you know, are you gonna be regretting having Emmy Martinez in there? And if he's forty percent owned, you know, for me I'm looking at that going, well, he's probably just gonna drop in price. Like I don't see 
players, people jumping on his bad wagon as a keeper because there are so yeah, many keepers people... don't get transferred in, really. No, like who's wasting your one transfer a week on a keeper? Interesting. I don't know if we answered the question. What was the question? Uh, cheap ch- goalkeepers. Cheap. Yes, I think we kind of did. <laughs> cheap, ch- cheap goalkeeper. Yeah, and definitely a playing one. Um, again, I I'm not bothered about the pick a goalkeeper in his backup. Chances are, if you're willing to waste two spots on a team, they're probably a shit team. So why? Why do you want the goalkeeper? I don't know. You're not looking for a clean sheet every week. You're not going to get it. So if you can get a few save points or enough saves that if they concede two, it still gets them back to two or three. Yeah. That's it. That's where you spend your money. Well, for those wondering, uh, the PQI for the two best goalkeepers are going to be Guaita and Sanchez from Brighton. So a Palace-Brighton pairing, Chuck, <laughs> naturally made uh, made in Beautiful. heaven. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Um, last question <laughs> that we have uh, comes from the main man Jeff of Peda. Um, if Lukaku comes in at eleven point five, is he in your team? Now, I've already kind of answered this one for myself that I've literally planned for him, and I also think he's eleven point five. I don't know if he'd instantly be put in at twelve, but what would your thoughts be on that, Ian? What would you be looking to bring him in? I probably would. I mean, he's just proven, isn't he? So, um, and in in that Chelsea team, I think he'd get so many chances. Um, so yeah, I think I probably would. I'm not going to save money for it uh, personally, but I would. Oh no, if he's start... not in there game week one, like I'm yeah, spending yeah, yeah. that money somewhere. Right, you know, gotcha. That's... Okay, yeah, gotcha. So um, yeah, it's just a case of so if he comes in pre pre game week one. Uh, I probably am trying to find a way to do it. And that, that might mean sacrificing Bruno, I guess, um, for me. Um, because... He's not going to get a million penalties again. So, like, that's not unreasonable. Yeah, I, exactly. I do think Bruno, as I said before, is probably due a, a slight decrease in points. So, um, he's in Bruno's in there at the minute out of fear, as I said. But if Lukaku comes in and becomes the only premium forward option that's available, I'm going to want a premium forward option. So... Yeah, I think I probably do rejig my team if Lukaku comes in at eleven point five. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I have Lukaku's FB ref um scouting report up, which is a new tool that they just launched, I think, part of the way through last season, but definitely it's been picking up steam this summer. So anybody who like really is into analytics, you can compare players across the five big leagues. Um and Lukaku for non penalty XG across the five big leagues last year was in the ninety-fourth percentile, which is like just phenomenal. Um and ninety-sixth percentile for non-pen xg plus xa or non-pen expected goal involvements which is great and his most similar player uh by the underlying numbers um in the premier league is harry kane so you know that that definitely screams like genuine premium option to me especially since chelsea create a lot more chances than spurs do exactly especially if somehow you've got jamie vardy in your team at the minute because you think leicester are going to start well which you know i don't i don't get it but an extra one million and you've got lukaku like it's you can yeah. find that somewhere. That's a, a no 5.0 to a yeah. 4.0 bid man, whatever. And especially because, you know, you mentioned those stats. Tuchel loves all these kind of things. He He's very open about that. And, you know, we joke and call him a football pervert and whatever. But Chelsea were the fourth most underperforming team last year for XG um, versus their XG, sorry. So for XG, they were third in the league. Um, but for actual goals, they were eighth. So... You know, you put and they were off by like eleven goals. Like the eleven goals were unconverted, so to speak. So like Lukaku, that's right there waiting for him. Well, and you put Lukaku in there. 
those 11 probably it goes above then you then probably start to get overperformance in your team of four five six i mean hell tottenham overperformed by about 11 so that just shows what an elite <laughs> no but that shows what like you know within the realms of variance what yeah, what elite, an elite can, attack absolutely. can do yeah or, or like all those years we talked about arsenal too like arsenal consistently when obama Yang was still in his prime and like Gazette was still in his prime like they always overperformed and we always said well when you have really elite strikers like that's gonna and happen papered over the cracks right exactly so that's where our 11 goals went fucking spurs <laughs> jesus they overperformed by 11 we underperformed by 11 i hate that shit right so i guess uh all that's left to say other than we'll go quickly go through the opening fixtures before we go but um if you get yourself to patreon.com slash miles offside pod then you can get access to all of these oscar patented stats um and the formulas and stuff that oscar's even though he doesn't even play FPL, lovingly creates for our uh, for our patrons. Also, we are doing um, for the FPL Patreon League. If you're in before January the first this year, there's going to be a fifty pound prize for the winner of that classic league as well. Um, and you know, we're a small podcast. We haven't got a lot of patrons. There's there's not a bad chance to be honest. You could easily <laughs> come in and. Uh, sweep up 50 quid so why not and we've also got the predictor league where all you guys need to do is send us in where you think all 20 teams are going to finish entries free 50 quid to the winner 100 quid if it gets over 50 entrants um that's going to close when the transfer window closes i think that's a good time there we go there's a deadline so you've still got a bit of time to see how things shake out um and ian and i will be uh both taking up the FPL Patreon pods this year as we do uh, Chuck versus Ian. One thing maybe we'll do, we'll have like a few running battles. Obviously, we'll have our head-to-head league, be talking shit. I'll be living rent-free in Ian's head. <laughs> we'll do some captain picks. We'll do some uh, differential picks uh, maybe and see how we fare with those uh, throughout the season. But that will be on the Patreon. So patreon.com forward slash miles offside pod for more information. Football, one week from today. Well, 24 hours from today, sorry, if you're a, a Peterborough fan, isn't it, Ian? Away to Luton, yep. Oh, shit! Let's go! Let's fucking go. Start off with a win. Oh, man, we do need to. Desperately, that would be amazing. Um, especially with Derby about to fold. There's an extra spot for Oh, it's like, yeah, one, one relegation uh, situation already taken up there. I'll take it. Absolutely. So we start on Friday the 13th. Let's hope it's a horror show for Arsenal. Sorry, Adam. (laughs) Brentford kick off their first uh, Premier League campaign against Arsenal 8pm UK time. We then move on to Saturday with the early kickoff being Manchester United versus Leeds. A big game. Uh, there, then we have games at the same time again. I can't. Three o'clock kickoffs. Oh, I, I never thought I'd enjoy that, yeah, but there we great. go. We were spoiled last year. Now you can not just sit and gradually watch your FPL team get worse <laughs> and worse and worse. The Band-Aid gets ripped off, people. Um, we have Burnley Brighton, the Mop Derby to start off oh, with. Oh, is that the opener? Uh, Lovely. Yes, it is. It is. That makes me nervous. You guys are going to get a result there. <laughs> Uh, a loss, yes, a loss is a result. Um, Still a result. <laughs> after, especially after Chelsea have the super friendly a few days before, um, between whoever won the Europa League, super who knows friendly. who that was. Um, Everton versus Southampton, which I mean, that could turn into a dog shit derby. Uh, they're both. What's the opposite of ascendancy? Descendancy. Um, then we've got Leicester versus Wolves and Watford versus Villa. Um, 
Norwich against Liverpool is the later kickoff oh, I on to Saturday mention as well. There is a possible four million defender if Brandon Williams goes on loan to Norwich and he'll probably play. So there's your what there is a yeah. possible fifth in defence for Norwich. Yeah, but it's four million if you need that extra half a million. For Norwich. <laughs> Keep your eyes on the news, Brandon Williams. For Norwich. <laughs> Cheap players on shit teams, like, there's a reason. Anyway, um, so Norwich, Liverpool, <laughs> Newcastle, West Ham, speaking of shit teams, uh, Newcastle against West Ham there. The Harry Kane derby. Tottenham, hot Harry Kane derby, the Jack Grealish unveiling. Spurs versus Man City ends the week. Uh, if Kane's going to go, I've said it again and again and again, it will not happen before game week one. And even if it that does, he won't play. Same. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so there we go. Quite a balanced, a good start off uh, for the season. Premier League is back. Oh, oh, it feels so good. Chuck, I have some bad news for you, I have to say. Oh, shit, we're out trying. Okay. What's the bad news? What's the bad news? It's actually not Liverpool Norwich that's the most favourable fixture for a team. It's Chelsea Bows. Sorry, bud. Well, no, no fucking shit. <laughs> You had to stop well, the outro I would have for Liverpool that. Liverpool against a promoted team would be <laughs> the most favourable, but nope. somehow no. You wrote the stats, so obviously it's biased to Chuck. Keep Ian, keep playing the music. <laughs> Bring it back. <laughs> we stopped for that. You complain about my outros. This is ridiculous. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, all the best with your FPL teams and keep going with your tinkers. Say goodbye, Mr. Oscar Puente. Bye, guys. Say goodbye, Lord Ian of Stimson. Bye. FPL champion. Um, I'm off to set my avatar on Twitter as Harry Kane. Take care, Nate Whitham, super producer, girlfriend, have her Xbox owner. Bye.